I was a uh, practicing clinician working in a home health agency model. I wasn't allowed to dose my patients as per best practice guidelines. So I said, there's gotta be a way to do this better. My, my grandmother and my grandfather, I started seeing them going in and out of long-term care. It started personal, seeing the sick side of 80, and now it's been exciting to be part of Fox. Light bulb moment, like, that's a complete game changer. You can see what we can do as a practice and as treating clinicians to really make 80, 85 look so much different than it did back that long ago. Boil it down into one say, it's quite simply this, it's be stronger, live better longer. Welcome to Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast, the podcast dedicated to clinicians who work with older adults. My name is Jim Shear, and today I am joined by Fox Rehabilitation physical therapist, Santhosh Philip. Santhosh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, how long have you been with Fox Rehabilitation? I started with Fox in April 2011. That makes it more than 12 years. Dang! Now. You're in double digits. Congrats. It's been a long time with Fox, yes. <laughs> so today, we're going to break down H-1B visas. And I've been told that you are the person to break this down with. Yep, yep. I've been through the process, so I kind of in, in and outs of the process. So I'd be happy to share the information that I have that may benefit a lot of new clinicians. Okay, so let's let's break it down from the beginning. Where were you born and where did you grow up? I was born in India, in the southern part of India, and I went to school there and I did my undergrad there. And I came to this country when I was 24. Actually, I came here to go to my grad school in Ohio State University, but then eventually I had to convert to H-1B. So. so what got you interested in physical therapy? That's that's a difficult question that <laughs> a lot of people ask me, but I like sports. I Even now I like sports, so I thought I would do something along the lines of sports. So I thought physical therapy was one area that I could, that I could explore. But I eventually ended up with um, geriatric physical therapy, and I wouldn't do anything else other than geriatric physical therapy here onwards because I love it. And then when did you decide that you wanted to work with the geriatric population? So I went, after I finished my grad school, I got a job in New York with a different company, and I worked in a school nursing facility, and that was testing the waters. Mm-hmm. And um, as I worked with them, I liked the job, I, uh, although I was not very happy with the company, but I liked what I did. And then I found out this wonderful company and they do solely geriatric physical therapy. So I didn't have to think twice to jump the ship. (laughs) What influenced you to initially apply for your H-1B visa? That's a good question. Again, from what I have learned in India, America and the U.S. is a place where you have more opportunities and also have cutting edge technology and the best universities that you can improve your knowledge and share your knowledge. So, yeah, I think it was an effort to improve my knowledge and skill set and knowledge base and also to provide services to the community. Did you do that right after graduating? I worked for two years in India. Then it, I, that was the time that I was preparing myself for my grad school. So that involves my GRE and all those exam tests. I finished that. Then I came to the U.S. as a, as a student on F1. So that, I worked for two years in India. What visa were you part of when you were studying over here? Was that H-1B called, or was that something different? It's called F-1. It's, it's a student visa. That, uh, that is a visa for stu- international students who come here to study. 
And most of a lot of students, then they convert to H1, which is a work visa. So there are two ways that you could come to the U.S. One is as an F1 student or as a work visa, which is H1 or L1. But for physical therapists, L1 is not an option at all. That's a blanket visa for big corporations like Google and Mm -hmm. Facebook, things like that. I was going to say, if you have the F1, is it easier to apply for an H-1B visa or do you have to go through the same process anyone else would have it's to go the through? Same process. It's the same process, but um, I have to go back to more details about physical therapy, uh, how to obtain an H-1B visa for physical therapy. There are multiple steps for it. First is you have to evaluate your credentials through FCCPT, which is a credentialing agency for physical therapists. And you do that, and uh, if you meet the criteria, then you're allowed to sit for the NPT exam, which is the license exam. Mm -hmm. But one disadvantage for physical therapists is that it is offered only in the mainland. Only other place you can take it is in Guam. Wow. But beyond, uh, beyond that, you have to be in the country in order to take the test. So F1 gives you an opportunity to sit for the exam because you are in the mainland. So some others would try to come on a visit visa to do the test too, and... Um, for nurses, they have they offer the test all over the world, so it's a little easier for them to do it. But for physical therapists, you have to be in the mainland. Even for medical doctors, you have to be here in the U.S. in order to finish your test. So say that again. So in order to take the H-1B test, you have to be in the U.S.? No. You need to take the NPTE exam, which is the licensure exam for physical therapy. Right. So you need to have that licensure exam passed and have the license in order to apply for H-1B. A lot of people, especially people from Philippines, they tend to go to Guam and take it because it's easier to go to Guam and take it. Now, what, what, yeah. test, are, what test are you talking about right there? The NPTE. Oh, the NP, okay, the NPTE test. Okay. Yeah, that's a licensure exam for physical therapists. And you can't take that virtually? <sighs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish we could do it as a podcast, but we can. <laughs> Wouldn't that make life so much easier? It is. It is. <laughs> so then, Santhosh, can you take us through the H-1B process? Right. So yes. you were a student, you had the F-1, and then take us through applying for the H-1B visa. Sure. So while I was a student, I, I evaluated my credentials through FCCPT, which is a credentialing agency for physical therapists. So once you clear, once you meet the criteria, they will give you the give you a certificate called the Type One certificate. Mm-hmm. Once you have that, you can sit for the licensure exam. So I sat for the licensure exam and I cleared the licensure exam. And uh, and also you need to pass the English test, which is a TOEFL, which is the English test for foreign language professionals. And you need to have the licensure. You have to have the Type One visa, Type One certificate from uh, FCCPT, and also the TOEFL exam. So you need to have three things: your licensure, your Type One certificate from FCCPT, and also your TOEFL. So once you have that. Um, you apply for H-1B. We, we, currently, we offer around 65,000 visas every year on H-1B. Mm-hmm. So the, debt, the start date for applying H-1B is on April 1st on every year. But before that, you have to get all the paperwork done, go uh, meet with the lawyer and give them all the paperwork. And he has to prepare the petition and they have to submit it on April 1st. So that's 65,000 for foreign professionals, and they also have an additional 20,000 for people who finish their grad school here in the U.S. So altogether 85,000. 
Yeah, Santhosh, in a way, when you got your H-1B visa, did you feel like you won a lottery? Because, is, like I, you said, there's only a certain amount, 65000 and then you said there's 20000 for master's degrees. Correct. It is indeed a lottery because around 400,000 people apply every year. So your chance of getting a, a picked is around 25% every year. Because all these multi big corporations like Google and Facebook and Amazon, they submit thousands of applications every year. Uh, oftentimes you get lucky and you get picked. I was lucky because I applied in 2009. That was the financial crisis was going on and there was nobody applying. So ah, they, okay. They had only 35,000 petitions at that time. So I was lucky. But well, you have a 25 to 30% uh, chance of getting picked in the lottery. And then just to go back to the H-1B visa, it allows U.S. employers to hire workers from abroad for specialty jobs, and that requires a bachelor's degree or an equivalent. Correct. So you have to have specialized knowledge. So not everyone or anyone can apply for an H-1B visa. It's a specialty visa. Correct. Yes. So you need to have at least a bachelor's degree, but for physical therapies, there are more added requirements such as the licensure and the English test. But if you're an IT professional, you just need a bachelor's degree and a job offer. But for us, we have more criteria to meet. And then, Santhosh, how did you find out that you were accepted? Well, you, the lawyer will let you know. In, in a few weeks, you will know if there's a, there's a system where they pick. Uh, it's a lottery system. And if your name is picked, USEIS, which is the government agency which take care of immigration, they will let your lawyer know and the lawyer will let you know. Okay. And there's also a way to check it online, but I, I got the notification from my lawyer. And how did you find out about Fox Rehabilitation? So you said well, I, you were already in the U.S. Right. You had gone to school here. You were working here. How did you find out about Fox? Well, I, while I was working in Brooklyn for a different company, and I was working in a skilled nursing facility, and I had a colleague, and her husband was working with Fox, and she was talking a lot about Fox. She had nice things to talk about Fox. And so I got in touch with him and he kind of walked me through it. And I talked to my regional manager and uh, it worked out well. And uh, I'm glad that I made the move because it's a company that respects you and takes care of you. And uh, you know, it's an element of mutual respect is always there. So I'm happy that I made the move. And Santosh, when you switched employers, uh -huh. did that affect your H-1B at all? No, that's easy work. Once you have an H-1B lottery, once you are picked, that's your, your lot. You own it. Okay. And then you can, you can change employers, so you don't have to go through the lottery system anymore. But the employer has to sponsor you, correct? Correct. correct. The new employer needs to do the whole paperwork again. One advantage is that they don't have to go through the lottery system. Okay, so they don't have to go through the lottery. They have to do the paperwork again, but you don't have to do the paperwork again. No, by law, the employer is supposed to do it. I am not allowed to do it. The employer is supposed to take care of it. And an H-1B visa, that's good for three years, correct? And then you right. can extend it to six? Right. During that three to six year period, what's your thought process? Are you trying to become a U.S. immigrant? You say, yeah, I'll work here for six years and then I'll see what happens after that. So when you got your H-1B visa, what was your intent? Did you want to stay or were you just kind of testing the waters? No, no, I wanted to stay. I had made up. By the time I moved to Fox, I made up my mind to stay. So 
the next process of H-1B to convert H-1B to a green card, which is a permanent residency. Mm-hmm. So for that, there's a process, a multiple step process. It's first, you have to file a petition called I-140 and the, the employer needs to file it again. And once I-140 is applied, you have to wait for something called your priority date. It varies from country to country. As I am from India, there's so many applicants, especially in the IT sector. So we have to wait longer. And I applied for my I-140 in 2012. And my priority was in 2012. And I got current in 2022. So I had to wait 10 years for uh, my my date to be current. And once the date was current, I applied for my green card and I got my green card. But if that... If the employee is from a different country or if he is born in a different country, then their wait time is much less compared to an Indian immigrant. So you said it was 10 years, right? Yes. So how long was your H-1B? Well, once you have your I-140 petition approved, you can you can renew your H-1B unlimited time. Ah, uh, okay. So as long as you have the I-140, that will buy you time. Right. Yeah, uh, by your time, it. there are two two benefits for it. One is you, it buys you time, and also once you have your only one for the approved, your spouse is allowed to work as well. Oh, nice! So that, so that gives you, you know, if your spouse because up until then your spouse need to hold her or his career on hold because you are on H one B and your spouse is not allowed to work. But once your I one forty is approved, he or she is allowed to work. So that makes it even better. And then once you get your green card, then you don't even have to worry about the H-1B visa yeah, anymore, you correct? So you got you got your green card in 2022. Correct. Congratulations. Thank you. That was a big, big step because you have a lot of there are certain travel restrictions and it's it's always in your mind. You know, you have to renew it every three years and you have to worry about getting approved and filing the paperwork. But once it's out of the way, that gives you a little more freedom. Not not only freedom, but peace of mind. Yes, absolutely. And then with the green card, do you have to renew that at any certain time frame? The green card is valid for 10 years. But after you get the first green card, after five years, you can apply for citizenship. So effectively, you don't have to renew your green card because before that, you get your citizenship. Another question I have for you, Santhosh. Prior to studying in the U.S., had you been to the States? No. No, that was the first time. Even if you want to come and visit the U.S., they wouldn't let you give you a visa because they would say that, no, you're going to go stay there, you're not going to come back. So it's very hard to get a visit visa for a younger person from any other country. So your first time here was to go to school? Correct. All right. Did you have any friends or contacts here? I went to Ohio. I have my siblings in New York, but I went to school in Ohio State. But they have a big international student community, so I didn't. I was okay there. And then Santhosh, so you've been working with Fox for eleven years. Uh-huh. You've been in the states for a while. You have your green card. Do you have any tips or advice to a younger clinician thinking about making the same move that you did? Yes, a few a pieces of advice if you need it. <laughs> but one thing is that if you want to get an H1 for physical therapy and you need to plan in advance, meaning you have to get your papers, your credentials evaluated. And a lot of times these days, it'll come back with certain deficits, meaning you have to take more coursework, especially in research and a few other basic coursework. So there are ways you can complete it in your own country, finish that, 
get your uh, TOEFL or the English test passed, get your type one evaluated, and find a way to sit for your licensure exam. You can either go to Guam or you can find a way to come to the mainland and take it. And once you have it, uh, you can find look for an employer who would be willing to sponsor you. That's the catch, the tricky part. Find a nice employer who would treat you well. And uh, it's, it's like Fox Rehabilitation or any of the companies that will treat you well. And uh, once you have, once you get here on H1B, the next thing is to you have to make sure that the, your employer files for your green card as early as possible because once you have your I-140, you can extend your H-1B unlimited number of times and also your spouse is allowed to work. So those, those are the things that I would recommend uh, the younger clinicians to start early, plan early, stick with it. Do you reach out directly to the employer? Will you have a lawyer do that? How does that work? Well, usually uh, when you, you submit the resume, if you see a fine opening, a lot of times if the employer is willing to file for H-1B, they would mention it in the job description, willing to file for H-1B. So usually you look for that keyword and you you submit your resume and if you get picked by the employer and the employer then will direct you to the lawyer and the lawyer will evaluate your paperwork and make sure that you are eligible for H-1, then that's how the process starts. Yeah, you need to have a lawyer in between, but the first step is between the employer and the employee, potential employee. And you say that'll usually be listed in the job description. Usually, yeah, usually because that's easier. So willing to sponsor H1B. So well, that's the keyword that we look for. When you type look for a physical therapy job, you Google it and you also add H1B sponsor. Then you get those employers who are willing to do it. Well, Santhosh, thank you for the info today. Once you finish it, you become an immigration lawyer yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. We have more with Santhosh Phillip right here on the Live Better Longer podcast. Since we are talking about H-1B visa sponsorships today on the Live Better Longer podcast, this is a perfect time to let everyone know that Fox Rehabilitation offers H-1B and TN sponsorship opportunities to skilled physical therapists eager to make a profound impact on the lives of our patients. So if you currently reside in the United States or have recently resided in the country and are seeking H-1B or TN sponsorship, we invite you to explore the exciting job openings listed on our career site, which is careers.foxrehab.org. Join us in our mission to provide compassionate care and empower older adults to live better longer. We are back on Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast. I am chatting with Santhosh Phillip about H-1B visa sponsorship. During your breakdown, Santhosh, I would call you an expert on that, an authority on the (laughs) H-1B. Yeah, I, I, I know a thing or two about it. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, after you go through that process, you kind of do become an expert just because, you know, you have to have your I's dotted and your T's crossed. Right, right. Because you have no choice. You have to go through that. It's a painstaking process, but it's worth it. So, Santhosh, you mentioned that you got into physical therapy because you like sports. Right. So right. what kind of sports are you into? I play soccer 
and I play volleyball and I play a game called cricket. I don't know if you know it, but it's a, it's a famous sport in India. So I do know cricket. I have a friend that hosts a cricket podcast. Oh, really? So here's here's my challenge for you, Santhosh. Yes. Let's pretend you are at a party right now and you're small talking with someone and you have to explain cricket in two minutes. How would you explain to a U.S. citizen, one who knows baseball and football and soccer and all those other sports, but is not familiar with cricket. So how would you explain cricket in two minutes or less? <sighs> you didn't give me that question. So. <laughs> well, I would say the most this, this, a similar sport will be like baseball. You have a bat and a ball and you have, instead of the it's strike zone, you have three wickets, three, three, it's called wickets. It's a three log of wood and uh the pitcher, it's called a baller. The ball tries to ball and try to hit that wicket. And the batter tries to hit the ball out of the park. And you don't have to always hit the ball out of the park, but you can also get singles just like baseball, but in a, in a different way. And how long How long is a game of cricket? Well, there are, three, there are three forms for it. There's one called test cricket, which is like five days. Five days. They play for five days. <laughs> See, that's that intimidates me. When I hear that a sport can go for five days, they're like, whoa, I don't know if I have time for cricket in my life. Yeah, so then there's another form of uh, cricket called one day. It's 50 overs. One over is like six balls, so 300 balls altogether. Mm-hmm. That goes around six and a half to seven hours. But the latest, latest sensation is called T20, meaning 20 overs. That's 120 balls each. And that finishes in three hours. That's the sensation. I think it's going to boil down to just 20, 20 eventually because people don't have time to spend for six hours or five days. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have five days to play cricket, but I could have three hours to play cricket. Right. And watch it. Right. Yeah, people exactly. Can't... Yeah. Now, are cricket skills transferable to baseball? Uh, no, except the bat swing and the arm swing of the ball pitcher or the baller. Not, not much. And do you do you play cricket, Santosh? Yeah, I used to, but no. Now I have a family and kids. I don't have seven hours to spare, so I don't. <laughs> Wait, how many kids do you have? I have two. What are their ages? Uh, they are. My son is turning eight tomorrow. My daughter is four. Oh, hey! Yeah. Happy yeah, birthday please. to your son! Thank you. So they keep us busy. So I get enough exercise. <laughs> Yeah, so do you play any sports now now that you're a parent? I do play volleyball and there's another game called badminton if you I don't know if you oh, know. Oh, I love badminton. Yeah. Yeah, we play that. So that gives you exercise and you don't have to spend 7 hours, 2 hours <laughs> a game will give you enough exercise. So and also you can play it in the night. Okay. So we That's... usually play from 8 to 10 or something. Nice. Yeah. So Santosh at some point we have to meet because I feel like I've met a ton of people from our New York and Long Island teams, but I don't think that we have met yet. I don't think so either. <laughs> All right, so we'll... maybe we did, maybe we did not. Yeah, but we All haven't right. had a big party for a while, so maybe we should plan one. All right, yeah. So let's let's have a big party so we can officially meet. All right. Well, Santhosh, thank you so much for the time today and and for all of the information. I appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Anytime. So for Santhosh Phillip, my name is Jim Shear, and we will see Yins later.